here. D. Announcer. Say. We're the talk of the internet. TalkZone.com. You are entering an intriguing journey with spiritual lifestyle experts Keith and Charmé Amber, where you'll end up more at home with yourself, your behavior, and your understanding of life. Mastering Ourselves offers sound answers to life's tough questions so that life can make more sense to you and healthy directions become clearer. Keith and Charmé bring you over 80 years of seasoned experience they pursue truth and insights that are neither left nor right, but spiritually sound and centered, and can be used as a spiritual compass to help you on your path. Welcome to Mastering Ourselves. How valuable are those final hours and days before we leave this planet and rejoin our home world with our soul and our soul's family? How can we, as relatives and friends of those people who are about to leave, how can we be more helpful to those people leaving? These dreams, sometimes rich dreams that these folks have prior to their death, are loaded with uh, conversations and images of people who have died before. Visitations. Visitations there to help them. And how able and prepared are we to have those conversations with these people and help all of it to be more rich and satisfying in the final hours? These uh, visitations happen constantly. Uh, you know, you hear all throughout the world people about to die and they start having a bleed through of experience. They're part on this dimension experiencing the world they're leaving and part on the other dimension experiencing the world they're coming to. We have today with us a most gracious lady. We just love her to death. She comes on our show periodically to talk about this dreaming beyond death. These people that are on their way out or having dreams about the world they're heading into before they get there. And it all helps to bridge their life and to bridge the death process and bring more grace to it. So we'd like to talk about this too with a lady who's been doing it has been doing this work for like 20 years or something just a long time would you welcome to the show reverend patricia bulkley how you doing i'm fine thank you that was a lovely and very uh, astute introduction you um, are wonderful to have <laughs> thank you <laughs> you know let's see where do we begin there's so many so many directions i'd like to go people that are on their deathbed is it a rich time for them? A rich time in terms of ahas and realizations and what did I learn and what did I miss and what can I still learn? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, that's a very interesting way to start because I think that at the end of life, when when people think of someone on their deathbed, are the usual thoughts that people have is, oh, how horrible. This must be a terrible time. There must be great pain. There must be um, uh, sadness, and uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And my experience has taught me that the, the days um, and hours before death can be a time when a great deal of personal growth can take place in a person and a time when family um, can gather and do some um learning and other things that aren't possible in any other way. 
I think the time of death allows us to look back over an entire life, and therefore it can be one of the best times of life. Um, and that, of course, always has to do with the circumstances and um, so on and so forth with that. We're listening uh, We're today with Reverend Patricia Bulkley, who is co-author of Dreaming Beyond Death, talking about the folks that are on their deathbed and what their experiences are like. You know, Patricia, um, it seems like um, life is a struggle. you got this cons- consideration, that concern, this stress. And people who somewhere close to the dying process, I would think generally there's a time when they can finally let go of the struggle. You notice that? Uh-huh. Um, it, it can. Everybody's different. Yes. Um, of course. And so that you can't make one statement that would cover anywhere near all people. Sure. But it is a time um, for people when they are letting go of the mundane parts of life They're, and a lot of their identities, their work identity and, the, and their um, all the busyness that can, can rob us of life in a sense. Right. And they get down... Um, to saying, well, who am I? And they start asking the, the big questions. What happens now? What have I learned? Mm-hmm. What do I need to do before I die? What, what, um, who do I want to talk to? What, what's going to happen? And that's why these dreams, I think, are so fascinating because, um, in a sense, they're preparatory. That's one of the big um, movements in dream research now is that dreams are preparing us for different stages in our lives sure. and different um, happenings. So the, these dreams open the world of death to us in a way that actually death isn't isn't mentioned in the dream. The dreams are about life rather than death. So and, it bridges from this life and reality to that life and reality. Exactly, exactly. You know, we um, had another guest on one day that was talking about this guy who just absolutely refused to get it that there was another side, that there was life after death. And then somehow, I don't remember how he knew this, but then the guy died, and then the guy couldn't believe that there was this reality. And it was sort of interesting. It was like Mm -hmm. when you're ethereal, you think of the physical plane as being like dreamlike, like almost like did it really happen. Mm -hmm. And when you go into... And then when you're on the physical, you think the ethereal is like dreamlike. Well, that could well be. It, it reminds me of, of our dream life that's part of every person's being and our waking life. And oftentimes they don't seem to go together. And yet <laughs> there they are. Yes, there they are. And in fact, I've always said to people at night when we go to sleep, and it seems like we visited grandma or mother or who's, you know, somebody else who've died that we really have visited grandmother or mother mm-hmm. who have really died. And you're finding these sort of dreams pretty active around these people in hospice. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Well, just what you just said, there are, there are several different types of dreams. Um, the, the, there are visitation dreams that if, if a, a, someone that you know has died, and you dream about them, that, that that person comes back and talks to you and so on. Those are called visitation dreams. Yeah. The dreams that I um, study are the dreams people have before they die. 
and they're of pe- and they're of people who have died. There there are all these sort of little categories. But I think that one of the things that all these students have in common is that they are enormously vivid. And when people have them, it feels, and they would swear that the person actually was there or even actually touched them. <laughs> They're that real. Yeah, I know. They are that real because they are real. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. so, I, I, I'm, I'm so, um, Amused at people in their awe that it just seems so real, and you go, "But it was real." And they kind of blink at you like, yes. "Really?" Yes. Or, or they they think it's real, and they're embarrassed to tell you because they're afraid that you might think they are there's something wrong with them. Yes. It's just I think what happened with me is that as I began to hear this these dreams as part of my work, my heart kept opening to them in a new way. And then when I realized how much alike they were, and I started writing them down and talking with the people about them and, and so on, and I, I, I actually was drawn into them, let's put it that way. And yet when the person dies, you have to stay behind. When you stay behind, because they go on and you can't go. So there's this odd place in there where you can walk with someone or be with them approaching their death. And then when the time comes, there you are, and you and, and it's like they go off across the bridge, like the metaphor you're using, into the fog or whatever, and they're just they're gone, and you can't help but feel that. You 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 know it. You just don't. It's not that you believe it. You know it. So you so, say you say these dreams sort of all have the same theme kind of thing. What is that theme? Well, there are three different themes that run run through them. One is that there's. Um, a mode of transportation or a, a, the sense of going from one place to another. It can be a, a ship going somewhere or it could just be taking a walk or just seeing a path and starting down a path. Any kind of, or, or cars are very prevalent in these dreams. Just whatever is taking you from one place to another. Um, another, one of the, the second um, common theme is that there's a guide and this guide, about 95% of the time, is someone who has died and gone ahead. And it's a trusted person. It can be a, oh, a religious personage or, or more often um, today, uh, they're friends or family members. But I, someone that you trust who guides you. I guess if it's your arch enemy, you might want to pick up stakes and run the other direction, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I haven't noticed an arch enemy. Uh, <laughs> no, um, I bet not. <laughs> in that role as guide, who? Yeah. Because they are. It's, it's an invitational yes. uh, relationship, asking you to come forward. And then the third common theme is that oftentimes there's an obstacle that comes up in the dream that the the dreamer needs to deal with, and that often has practical, real life ramifications after the dream that something has come up um, or that there is a, a problem going on with the dying person and the dream will address it. Like an unresolved issue that exactly. needs to be dealt with before they die. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And I have a good dream I could tell you about that if you're interested. I am interested. And, and this is like why not to do euthanasia. <laughs> well, yes, I, that, that is a, a very good point. Um in the book uh, that I wrote with my son Kelly Bulkley, um, we talk about that. That the one of the real, it's a, I would think it would be a tragedy because 
when a person gets first gets their um, diagnosis that they're going to die, the natural reaction is to be depressed. Yep. And it, and it takes time to work through that. And so often, someone, especially older women, will often say, "Well, I don't want to be a bother to you. Um, I just rather die." Or um, someone will say, "Well, what's the point? Why should I go through that? I just would rather die." And actually, I've uh, worked with people and uh, uh, around suicide at that time. But the the truth is that when they pass through that initial depression and uh, the the loss, the issues of loss of life, they come out on the other side, and so much can be done at that point that has a that is not depressing. That right. actually is a way of tying in loose ends, and yes. you end up with a gestalt or a, a really good feeling about tying the end of your life together. Tell us about the dream. Oh, well, this is a particular dream um, of a young woman who um, uh, contracted leukemia, and she was 28 years old when she died. And she had many, many friends and got lots and lots of notes. And as she got um, thicker and thicker, she I was with her one evening, and when she was opening um, mail sent to her, and a uh, a friend, of, not a, a, not a close friend, but a friend of the family had written a letter to her saying, you know, if you would just pray harder, you'd get well. And and she was so angry because she had been praying. She did. She was a young woman of faith. She had been praying, and she had done everything she could physically and spiritually to, to heal herself and couldn't, and she was extremely angry. Well, she had a dream a few nights later, in which she was um, at a at a in a familiar house, and there were two um, living rooms in this house, and she was in one with her parents and some other um, people, and everyone in that room was wearing a mask. But she began to hear a party going on in the next living room, and um, and they were calling her name calling her name come on we're having you know it was, it was her friends like a kid not yet not only kids, we're gonna kids. have we're gonna oh. have to save the rest of the story okay. for after the break hang on okay you're listening to mastering ourselves with keith and charmy charmy amber our guest today reverend patricia bulkley co-author of dreaming beyond death if you want to send us a question for patricia at q at mastering ourselves.com